Good morning. Welcome to the show. You know me, I'm Kayla. And uh, you're listening to Wildly Unprepared. Very excited. Speaking of excited, I'm excited. I was really excited for this episode today. Um, it is February 1st, the first day of Black History Month. One of my favorite months. Because it really gives an opportunity to celebrate some wonderful people, to take pride in something that you have maybe been given the idea from society that you're not worthy or you're not beautiful, you're not smart, you're not wonderful. Black History Month just makes you realize all the wonderful things you got flowing through you every day. And gives you sort of a sense of pride to remember how you got here and why you're here that's usually what i think about i think about it's crazy that i'm here that i i'm i even exist in this form so i'm always thankful every black history month i'm thankful every day for my blackness but february 1st really really gets me going today's episode we're talking about hair something very near and dear to a lot of black people especially black women The relationship is not always smooth, but it is interesting. (laughs) And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how, you know, the troubles that come along with it, the meaning behind a lot of hair, and the beauty in celebrating the differences in hair, and really getting down to the fact that there's no such thing as good or bad hair. I mean, we know why that exists, but it's Black History Month, and we're not talking about bright supremacy today we're talking about another podcast of course but today we're talking about black people okay all right enjoy the episode thank you for listening not watching jesus all right let's get into it before i start i want to talk about something someone really important to me and a lot of other people of color, especially queer black people. If you don't know who Audre Lorde is, Audre Lorde was an American writer. She was was self-described as a woman, lesbian, mother, warrior, and poet, which I, I concur, I agree with. She dedicated her life and work to about every issue under the sun, sexism, uh, feminism, homophobia, classism. She has, a, there's a lot of works that she has. If you want to get a book, I recommend The Select Works of Audre Lorde by Roxane Gay. It has a lot of her, a lot of excerpts from her books and then also filled with most of her poetry that I'm going to, I'm going to read to you in a second. I'm going to read you one of my favorite poems of hers in a second. But she has had a very massive impact on black feminism, black history, and, you know, black LGBTQ history. She has a massive uh, legacy. She has her own project, Audre Lorde Project, which is in New York. It's for LGBTQ people of color. And she also was, in 2019, inducted into a national lgbtq wall of honor which is in 
the Stonewall National Monument for American pioneers, trailblazers, and heroes. She is just awesome. She's obviously a wonderful, wonderful writer, and if you have a chance to read her poetry, please do. It's fantastic, and she really just fought tirelessly till her dying day to make everyone better, make life easier, make life accepting to every person, whether you're trans, gay, black, Asian, immigrant, whatever, she stood up for all these people and she stood up for all these rights. So, today, is that this episode's dedicated to you, Audrey. And because of that, I am going to read one of her poems. Okay? It's called Generation. How the young attempt and are broken differs from age to age. We were brown free girls, love singing beneath their skin, sun in their hair, in their eyes, sun their fortune. The taste of their young boys' manhood, swelling like birds in their mouths. In a careless season of power, we wept out our terrible promise. Now these are the children we try for temptations that wear our face and who come back from the latches cities of falsehood. Warning, the road to nowhere is slippery with our blood. Warning, you need not drink the river to get home. For we purchased bridges with our mother's bloody gold. We are more than kin who come to share, not blood, but the bloodiness of failure. How the young are tempted and betrayed to slaughter or conformity is a turn of the mirror. Time's question only. Alrighty. Wasn't that good? I love it. This book is really good. Like I said, go get it. I didn't buy it. I got it for Christmas from my mom. She said, I think you would like this. I got a lot of like gay black gifts this past Christmas, which I'm very excited about. But I'm starting to feel like a token character in my family. Anyways, no, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. If mom, if you're listening to this, I'm completely kidding. Love you. So hair. We all got it. Well, some of us got it. Most of us got it. Particularly speaking with black women, I think we all grow up with an interesting relationship with our hair. Most of us very angry at our hair, angry of what's growing naturally out of our body, angry that we don't know what to do with it. I honestly, I can't say like until like the last, probably like the last year, maybe two, I finally like started to learn how to manage my own hair, how to take care of it, how to style it, because for a very long time, I hated it so much. It was like the bane of my existence. I hated that it wasn't straight. I hated that it was so thick. I hated that my curl pattern wasn't the way I wanted it to look and the way that I thought my hair was supposed to look and the coils, like sometimes it just wasn't that. But that came down to, because as a kid, I wanted wanted my hair to be straight. And my mom even told me, she was like, no, I don't, you, don't sh- you shouldn't probably do that. And I was like, just begged for straight hair. So of course I permed my hair multiple times during childhood. And, of course, that will damage, you're right, damage your curl pattern (laughs) for a very long time. So, because it already damaged it, you kind of get under the false sense, like, okay, well, it's going to take a while for it to be, like, 
coils so I might as well just keep like perming it until I get to a point where I can just stop so then you finally stop and then you go to straightening your hair mercilessly and I did that I think my last perm was let's say like at like 11 and then from then on no 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 probably like 13 yeah and then from on I was just like constantly straightening it and if it wasn't straightened it was like pulled back in a ponytail because god forbid I would learn how to style my own fucking hair and make it look nice without having a bucket of gel (laughs) and brushing my hair back to the point of having a headache of course straightening your hair constantly blow drying it blow drying it for hour two hours and then having to straighten it for an hour does not do any favors to you and your curls so again had damage I felt very uncomfortable with my hair for a very long time and I still sometimes obviously get irritated but that has changed a lot but in my adolescence for sure it was the most annoying thing I felt so unpretty and of course when you're a kid especially like a young girl you want I mean you want to look pretty you want to look nice and I just never felt cute and then like in conjunction with just like whitewashing and sort of like already seeing that whiteness was preferred anything that's like sep that like sort of separated me from my blackness was like favorable which is not hindsight 2020 what an asshole why did i do that and why did no one stop me (laughs) i hated my hair I hated it so much and it didn't it also didn't help that anyone that would cut my hair I had to straighten it before getting it cut because no one was really good at like cutting hair while it was curly now of course I like you know periodically would get braids and stuff now the braids I always felt like I love for the only reason I didn't get them super often was because I just like did not like sitting there for hours and hours black women that get that braid their hair all the time especially to get like sew-ins and shit i don't know what the fuck you're doing i mean congratulations you're beautiful stunning couldn't be me i do want i do think about i really like goddess locks i think those would look fucking amazing wouldn't they i'm not gonna sit in the chair that long though it's not gonna happen i refuse time is money and i need money see what i'm saying but yeah after straightening it forever and ever and trying to and just feel I hated that I felt prettier with my hair straight I hated that and more than that it wasn't like that was just like all in my head it was just like everything I saw every everything on tv even the black women on tv had their hair straightened or had straight uh sew-ins or straight wigs so I never I never really got the like the representation of that there there were two two factors not factors that's not the word i was looking for two occurrences there we go in my childhood that i like related to and that was like sister sister uh tia and tamara maori and uh tracy ellis ross and really i still didn't feel like them um because they had these really big like ringlets of hair 
and their hair was really it just it wasn't my hair I had like very tight curls and I still have pretty tight curls depending on the fucking section of my hair because I have like four different curl patterns going on right now no I'm not okay anyways their hair was still I don't know how to explain it it was palatable to like white society like society as a whole was comfortable with that curl pattern because that curl pattern was I don't know manageable I guess that's the word it wasn't so black that it looked so different from like the white cast members that might have had like curly hair like you knew that they were mixed whatever but like on sister sister but they just had a different texture and then the later seasons they started like straightening their hair so I was just like (laughs) and then factor in that I was like I never felt I didn't feel comfortable because I was like okay even when I straighten my hair it's like not long or whatever so it was just like this constant battle of me hating something that just like naturally grew out of my head which is gross and I know there's plenty of people that still feel that way even in adulthood but I hate that I spent so many years like despising my hair just because I didn't know what to do with it but it just like wasn't enough education about it now thankfully you could go on youtube look for like hair tutorials um any social media accounts they'll show you how to do your hair and be like hey like these are the products for this type of hair or like oh if you're black you should use these types of of hair products because you do have a really nice curl pattern you're just like not using the right products and I, for a little bit, I thought it was like, okay, maybe my mom just didn't know how to do my hair. But when I talked to other black women my age, they all say the same thing. It's because even their mothers and their mother's mothers didn't know how to take care of black hair because it wasn't presented to them. If you didn't know, like if someone, if your family members didn't know that, you just didn't know that because it wasn't just accessible information because what you saw everywhere was white hair, white hair styling and everything like that like you remember from like the 90s and like early 2000s that it was like this little gun and you put two like strands of hair I mean like two like uh sections of hair on like either clip and it like uh would twist it for you no that was not for black people Mm -mm, mm -mm. if you wanted to use it you would have to straighten your hair then do that which is fucking stupid but we still did it but it wasn't for, it was for white girls, for white girls, and they always fucking had, they were like these cool beads, or like they would put like fun little color things in their hair, and shit just didn't look right, because it wasn't made for us, and again, not everything needs to be made for everybody, but it just, there just wasn't like an option, there wasn't an option for us to like love our hair and do like little cool things with it, I saw more, there was obviously more commercials for perming products, and straightening your hair than there was for how to take care of your natural curls and often even now even now I wish like there's things that we like outgrew in society but they still will tell black women to their face be like oh you should straighten your hair it would look better straight what hmm so what you're saying to me is my natural hair is not pretty to you. You would like me to straighten it because you find that more attractive. That is super harmful. Stop doing that. If someone straightens their hair, say, hey, I like it. 
if someone doesn't have straight hair say i like it don't say i like one more than the other but honestly if you say like you like someone's natural hair more than that um, yeah it's gonna be like a better outcome <laughs> i don't think anyone would be necessarily mad except in the situation if you're talking to a black woman who likes wearing like wigs or weaves or whatever and you're a man especially like saying like oh i just like want a natural woman what's wrong with her doing her hair that way you should want whoever's doing their hair to be happy with how their hair is no one else's feelings about their hair should matter but that's like forever the narrative someone's always telling us what our hair should and should not look like even within the black community like i where i went to school it was predominantly black people so i was hearing this from black men mostly consistently about more of their preference to straighter hair and i'm just like you're your mom <laughs> i'm very confused i'm very confused your mom has this kind of hair your sisters have this kind of hair so you understand that i'm black but what you're saying is you want me to you know be more i know you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying i'm not even going i'm not even going to delve into that because that's a different topic but again even within black communities, it's mostly preferred to have like straightened hair or whatever. Pop culture, everywhere. Like, I remember when I saw Zendaya's hair, I was like, that's awesome. But even then, like sometimes they would like have her straighten and I'm just like, no. But again, it's totally, it was like Disney. So I'm not going to make a big deal. <laughs> but when I saw her natural curl pattern, I was like, that's awesome. Or other actresses with like 4C hair. When I find I didn't start like seeing that on TV until I was like an adult. No, I'm not saying it didn't exist, but I'm saying exist in the context of it not being the storyline. Like, oh, this is the character, this is their natural hair, that's their whole personality. That always like existed. Or in like a negative context of just like black representation in film and TV as like sort of a side character or a token black person. And they wouldn't even style their hair. They wouldn't even style their hair properly. They just, like, existed. Or if they were, like, slaves or whatever, of course they didn't. <clears throat> that would be, like, the... That would be when you were shown 4C hair, which is disgusting. Because all these black actresses, you're making them wear wigs. And even if you're not making them, there are most sets that are not equipped with stylists that can that are trained to deal with black hair, even on a film with black actors and actresses. That is absurd. It's absurd that it's an afterthought. What's the girl? Uh, I'm forgetting her name right now. But the black girl from High School Musical. This just like came out like this week. How she said that she like had to wear the headband all the time. Because there was no one on set that knew how to do black hair. How is that fucking possible? That you, a freaking like multi-million dollar budget for a movie. You can't even think about making sure that your black actresses and actors are taken care of in the same way that the white cast members are taken care of as far as just like being styled that shouldn't be an afterthought and that should be first thing frame of mind if you're gonna have a movie with people of color especially black black women 
it's I don't it's really lost on me I'm just like very confused how and that still happens today that still happens on plenty of sets today 2021 there's still plenty of people that are not trained to do black hair but will be celebrity like stylists or uh, uh, stylists on movie sets or tv sets with black people how is that I don't think you should be hired if you don't know how to like does does that sound fair I under it makes no sense to me that even like even in beauty school if you want to learn how to do black hair it's like a separate thing it's not like a mandatory thing for you to learn which is crazy because black people are just we exist what you're saying is well we don't have to learn how to touch their hair because they're the minority like we'll just focus on Okay, and that's why we have to, we have literally, like, like own private sex of salons and barbershops because you have already said that you're not going to pay attention to it. But then in the same breath, these people will say, well, I don't understand, like, how you have, like, you know, like, black, like, just spaces for black people. First of all, you have made it evident that you don't want, you want to focus on the majority and not have to think about people that don't look like you and when people that don't look like you create their own spaces to cater to people that look like them you complain about it you didn't include us so now we created our own space but you're mad because you're not included i don't (laughs) the math ain't mathin it doesn't make any sense i hate it so much but now we are seeing more representation in film and tv for black hair and i love it so much it makes my little makes my little baby heart flutter seeing just natural it's not that i don't like weaves or anything like that i'm not i could not i could not care less what you choose to do with your hair it's more of just society's obvious preference towards that so when I get to see when I get to see black women especially just be unapologetically black with all their black features and their hair and it's and it looks nice and it's done well and it's taken fucking care of because someone on that set knew what they were doing or they did it themselves it makes me so happy and it's not about the it's not, it's not in their character description like oh Teresa is an all natural black woman she loves her hair like okay she can just be a person and a character and then also that exist. <laughs> like, Hollywood tries. Like, they they almost they almost are on top of the point, but then they just, like, soar past it. <laughs> They're like, but we, like, we included it. You said you wanted natural hair. We're like, yeah, like, make it normal. <laughs> Don't make the whole character's description, like, oh, being black. She's just a person. She's also black, but like being black is not the character. Make I don't understand. <laughs> Unless it's a show about like blackness, then yeah, all the characters are talking about it. But even in those shows, even when the core premise is talking about black issues, these characters are still character characters. Like we want to see the black nerdy girls. We want to see uh the black girls that are fucking like emo. And they love rock music. We want to see the black girls that, like, 
in just like movies just being regular people just being regular people i don't understand why it's still so hard to have a storyline with black women without making that the storyline like it's of course we should recognize someone's blackness that's wonderful but i feel like there's spaces to do that there's also other spaces that's just to allow like black people just to exist like they're not like a nerdy black person they're just like they're just nerdy like you're making it seem like that's like a a weird thing for them to be does that make sense are you understanding what i'm saying i just like i don't know it's stressful but on a positive positive note like i said like lupita nyong'o or viola davis those are two of my favorite uh actresses in general because they're phenomenal but the fact that they have 4C hair and are dark-skinned black women is also, um, that's why I'm rooting for them. <laughs> I'm rooting for everyone black. And if that makes you uncomfortable when black people say that, th- think to yourself why that makes you uncomfortable. Because I've heard people be like, oh, so you're like not rooting for white people? What's the, pr- what, what response would you like me to give? Because me acknowledging and supporting, like, and just, like, loving someone's blackness, none of that had to do with you. That whole sentence, nothing. And when I say, oh, I'm rooting for all the black, all the black uh, nominees, what you heard was, I hate you because you're white. And because of that, I don't want you to win. I only want black people to win. That seems like a personal problem if you were thinking about that. If you hear someone being pro-black and you think it's anti-white, you should probably take some steps back and do some some soul-searching into why that would trigger you, someone being pro-black. You know, there's a lot of little underlining issues there. Not everything is about you. Not everything needs to be included with you in it. That's okay. There are spaces that can just be for these people. And if you're thinking like, okay, well, then it would be racist if the roles were reversed, first of all. When people say if the roles were reversed, Beverly, it, they already were. What's the if? They already were. It already existed. <laughs> Why are you pretending like we don't know history and that it hasn't already happened? What you're talking about is being offensive. What everything that is being done was done in defense. Black spaces were created because they weren't allowed to be included with white spaces. Not the other way around. Like, uh, um, are you missing something? Are you missing something? They're not for you because they weren't, your spaces weren't for us. You made it clear that we were not a priority in your space. Not even a priority, but not even a thought. Not welcomed. We wanted you separate, but now that you're separate and thriving, right? Because that's the key point here. If you had your own little space, if black people, all these spaces weren't doing well, no white person would be mad that they weren't included in these spaces. But because when you see black artists, black actresses, what have you, thriving, and there's like nominations and people are like, oh my god, can you believe it? It's the first uh black woman to get nominated for this role and then like win or whatever 
and then some white lady will be like well i don't understand why there has to be like a separate like why we're all like the same like what shut your what you this is what you're mad about you're mad because people are being cheered on for having representation and being like the first and trailblazing that's what you're mad about your privilege is showing if that's what you're irritated about what a privilege it is to not understand the importance of speaking on someone being the first of their kind because you have existed so much in history and have been celebrated so much in history that you cannot even fathom that there would have to be a separate category for you wonderful it's not for you don't worry about it of course we're not going to be like well yeah this is this is the 732nd like white woman to be like that don't even fucking make sense why are you mad that a space is not for you spaces were created in spite of you they were created out of fear seeking solitude and community that's why these spaces exist and it's a beautiful thing to be a part of. I'm sorry you can't be a part of it, but that's not really our issue. <laughs> understand that you won't understand. Does that make sense to you when I say that? Because people will always start a conversation like that. They're like, well, I just don't understand why then you could have ended it there. You don't have to understand. I don't have to explain myself to you. No one has to explain themselves to you. You not understanding is your literally not our problem. If it bothers you, okay. Who cares? I don't. If it bothers you, again, take a look inside. Why is this bothering you that you're not included? How about we do some more research and you would see the importance of black spaces or LGBTQ spaces or spaces for just indigenous people. And then when you look into the history and see that they weren't welcome in your spaces, you'll see why it's so exciting to celebrate. And why is there a Black History Month? Well, let's talk about it. Because every month, every day of the fucking year is White, Hi white Day Month. <laughs> white Day, White Month. Every single thing is whiteness all the time. And you can't fathom why we would want a whole month dedicated to learning about black history, celebrating black culture, celebrating black music, all this stuff. You can't really understand that. Again, the privilege you have to think that you're not constantly being celebrated. Like, constantly we are hearing about you. Constantly. Like, everyone knows who George Washington is. Not everyone knows who Nat Turner was. I, is that, do you think that's a fluke? Do you think it's a fluke that we have to have a fucking whole separate month? And even then, in our, we have to do it on our own. Because even in our American education system, we don't get to learn about the truth when it pertains to black history. The extent of black history in school was, oh, was slavery, you know, slavery civil rights movement and it's like post that because after that everyone was fine right everything's safe the civil rights movement happened so you know black people are equal to white people right incorrect incorrect because we we like learn about like three major events in history and considering all the events are just like pertaining to being 
second-class citizens or not citizens at all, I would say that we're not doing a great job teaching people Black history. So, Black History Month, we get to educate ourselves. And you get to watch documentaries and have it mentioned every five seconds because it is important to learn about. It's important to understand how we got here. It's important to have pride in, I don't know, just like existing. I think that's where I'm at of recently. Just feeling so prideful about being here and looking the way I look and just like feeling really happy about blackness. And I, I'm, I'm sorry if you don't understand the feeling of blackness because that also comes up pretty often trying to not not everybody but a lot of white people do struggle with the understanding of like white people don't have a culture you don't have a culture well you (laughs) pause (laughs) white culture white culture is racism right that's white culture you have like your individual cultures like yes you're italian you're irish um a bunch of other european countries (laughs) you're greek (laughs) polish all these other things of course that's so much value and so much history and absolutely that is culture absolutely no one is even arguing that of course white culture white being white is nothing because white culture is celebrating whiteness you're not celebrating your your ancestral history that's not what you're talking about when we're talking about white you're talking about celebrating whiteness that's literally it all of history pertaining to white history and white culture has been how are you like in like relation to whiteness how close to you in whiteness because the closer you are to whiteness, the safer you are. The further you are, you get away from whiteness, the less value you hold in this world. That's white history. So when you ask about black culture and we're celebrating black culture and we talk about blackness, I understand that you don't understand. But that's okay. Because I you did not earn the right to know who are you to demand to know something because if you don't know you're never gonna know and stop fucking asking black people to tell you things about black history or black struggles google is free google is very free you know what else is free a fucking library card if you you don't want to know you want you want to be seen like oh i'm taking the effort and then flip it back on a person of color who refuses to tell you or doesn't want the burden of having to tell you and then make them the bad person. If you really wanted to know, you would know. And there are plenty of white people who have made the mistake of asking (laughs) a person of color to explain something like this to them. And most of them, I would say, after being told, you can learn this on your own, they do. If they actually care, they will learn on their own. If they don't care and it's not easy they won't do it that's fine but don't say you don't understand something because you don't need to it's not for you now obviously black culture has been commodified we know that blackness black styles 
black hairstyles. You see how I just circled back to it? You see that? I came back to it. You thought I you thought I got lost in the sauce and wasn't going to talk about black hair more. No, I got you. Hold on. I'll, we'll, I'll, I'll get back to it. I'll take a break because we're 35 minutes and I have not shut my, my yapper. Okay. All right, we're back. Black hair things. Yes. So what I think we see a lot of, we all know this, cultural appropriation. I'm going to talk about it in terms of hair, obviously, because there's a lot of different versions of cultural appropriation. And it also doesn't just pertain to black people, it pertains to any culture that you are, that is being commodified and celebrated while white, when white people do it. <laughs> no, of course, you could, you can appropriate culture and not be white, but I would say the majority of times that something's appropriated, especially when we're talking about hair, it's about what's by white people, unfortunately. You know? And it is what it is. So, what happens often is, and where the anger comes from, because when you say it's just hair, understand, when you're saying this to black men and women, that... They don't have the right to be mad about you rocking a certain hairstyle, yada, yada, yada. Understand the trauma that has come with this, okay? Understand that since they were children, someone has been telling them negative things about their hair. Have been showing them that your type of hair is better. Telling them that you have good hair. Even when I was a kid, now my curls... Honestly, I've got, I'm getting blacker by the day, y'all. Not in skin tone. I am translucent. Currently. No, I'm yellow. Not translucent. But translucent enough. I would like... Sorry, this is a side note. Is it weird if I go tanning? Because it is winter, obviously, and all my uh, yellow brethren and sisters, you know, we just get super pale in the winter. Is it weird if I go tan because it's like the same thing as if it was summer? Or is that weird? You're right. It's kind of weird. But no, no, it's not weird if it makes me feel better. You guys are right. Always keep me honest. Anyway. The trauma that comes with not, with your hair being considered bad hair is awful. Even I as a kid. That, now I'm getting back to it. I forgot what I was talking about. When my hair was a lot thinner. Um, and had like larger curls you were told that you have good hair and this was even by black people like this wasn't even being told or spoon-fed from white people this was like happening within your own culture and people that look like you telling you like oh this is good hair or telling like they're black children they're like fully black children with 4c hair or whatever or even 4b hair like, that their hair was unmanageable or not cute and just, like, not styling it well so you had to get perms and all stuff. This is happening within your own community, so it's, like, hard to fight even against... Like, you're fighting your own battle with them and then then you get the outside world also having an input about your hair. So, a lot of black girls, like, if, if you think back, if you went to high school or middle school, like, with a lot of black people, especially black women... Remember what their hair looked like. Most of my memory of my hair and other black women's hairs, like in school, was the permed hair, the flat iron hair. Now it's in a ponytail. 
sure as hell didn't know what the fuck edges were. Like, you knew what ed- but laying them down. Are you kidding me? The pictures that I look back on, tragic, truly tragic. But if you weren't being taught it, you didn't know. Because even, not in my case, when the mom's white, but... For a lot of black women, even their moms didn't, that's how their hair would look if they didn't get it, like, done. If they didn't have a weave, if they didn't, like, um, have a sew-in or a wig on. That's what their hair looked like. Like, it was permed or straight and just to be, like, more manageable to put, like, in a ponytail or something. And it was always, like, just broken, including my hair. Just, like, damaged from heat, obviously. (laughs) Because even if you have protectant on... If you have really kinky curly hair, it's not like, it's not like a white girl with like wavy hair straightening her hair because even if it like comes out of the, like the straight straightness of it, it's still fairly like straight. I don't really have any other words to describe that, but when you have kinky curly hair, any ounce of humidity, like your curls coming back, any fucking like sweat or anything. So that means you're straightening it far more often than you would if you had straight hair or wavy hair that you just like were touching up. So all that heat damage, then you have the perm fucking hair damage that you have now. And you can't go back to natural. I mean, you obviously can. We all took that journey. But you can't go back to natural because you don't have a fucking curl pattern or you see that part of your hair like where your natural curl was like you're like at the root or even like down to the middle and then it gets to the damaged part. Like go look at a picture of like black women like look natural hair and then say like the heat damage like you can visually see it. So then you're like disheartened by that because like you it's hard to go on that journey and then someone says hey well why don't you just cut it off and again this is not just like a black issue but we're talking this we're talking about black people right now sorry if you feel if you're like well this happened to me too congratulations anyways there's such an attachment to hair there's such an attachment to beauty when it comes to hair so that even even if your hair isn't like looking ideal to you the idea of cutting it off and just like adding another layer to like something you're already insecure about is awful like I remember when I finally like cut my when my hair was like cut off god just fucking another insecurity that I had to worry about like now my hair is short and I don't know I don't know how to style it and now it's short so now it's hard to put in a fucking ponytail and if I wear it out I don't like it because it just didn't have the style and it wasn't long enough to it was just fucking awful so cut to other hairstyles that are nor that are make it manageable that are protective styles. I don't know if you guys knew this, but like when I was a kid, I didn't realize that braids were a protective style. Like I, I don't really, I'm sure people were using that term before, but now it's like highly spoken of. There's like, oh, my hair's in a protective style. I'm like, oh shit, I was, I was wearing my hair in a protective style? No way. Anyways, so you're doing that to protect your hair or you're getting beautiful dreadlocks or just like locks in general, men and women getting box braids or wearing cornrows i was wearing cornrows like a thug just kidding that's racist i uh, anyway i was laughing you're laughing with me right cool cool cool. cut to fucking now turn on a fucking show when you and seeing white women primarily 
being celebrated wearing the same shit you were wearing as a kid getting made fun of because you didn't have fucking straight hair or because it looked different or because people didn't understand it or know the history behind it or people just like were uneducated because I know so many people that think that dreads are dirty it's like no you can clean them and if they're taken care of they're not dirty it's a protective hairstyle you don't even fu- have you ever seen someone taking out their dreads you can take them out did you know that if you didn't know that I'm sorry you missed it but like there's so much history and culture in the hairstyle especially pertaining to locks but like braids have been done forever and ever and ever by black people and africans and everything in in america especially you were shit on or or not like you didn't look at you weren't looked at as attractive having braids in and then you look at TV and fucking see white girls and everyone's like, oh my god, I love this new style. New style? It's fucking older. It's older than time. What do you mean? It's one of the oldest things ever been done. New style. And it's fucking atrocious. And it's awful. And it's an awful feeling. And if you, again, just keep saying it's just hair, it's not just hair. It's not just hair. There's trauma that comes with it. The fact that we had to, on our own, be educated about our own hair... To figure out what's going to look well, what's going to uh, condition it well. Oh, in this order, how to style it. How many of you have fucking, that have straight hair, have six different fucking hair products you have to put in to make it uh, look nice? Or even make it manageable? So no, it's not just hair. It's a whole feeling around hair. It's old culture around hair. It's... Black girls wearing weaves and having different, even like multicolor weaves and everything and being called ghetto and ratchet and then going and literally every fucking white woman in Hollywood has extensions. Is it lost on you that there's a certain, they, they use a different term? Even if they get weaves, they still use it. They still call it extensions. They make it a point to differentiate between the two when it's the same thing. It's because they associate weave with black people and then now it's ghetto and it's un it's unlikable but extensions with white women or people with straight hair do you is that a fluke absolutely not but they're oh we're just regular people it just adds to the beauty and everything like that what are you fucking joking you, you made fun of these people and it, was, it wasn't cute having or even having like your nails done a certain way ghetto ratchet that's like not cute that's just like there's so much they have so much attitude all the stuff just associated with just like looking a certain way and then now everyone has it now it's cute now it's trendy it's on instagram oh look at my nails like oh what look at these trendsetters obviously the whole boxer braids <laughs> thing when that came out very funny very funny to me because how it was so lost on people why that was an issue like, that is not what it's called. Everyone knows that. Except the target audience of these, like, celebrities or whatever. They're just eating it up. They're like, oh, yes, can you? So beautiful. Oh, they have. Oh, they're dyeing their hair red. Oh, they're getting red wee. Red extensions. <laughs> red extensions. Oh, look at them. They're wearing wigs. How cute. How fun. When black women weren't were doing it, it wasn't fun, though, right? Oh, why don't you just wear your natural hair? It's, like, just fake and everything. I'm gonna dedicate, I mean, no, while we're on the topic, obviously, 
then we talk about body issues from the origins of like history especially american history black women specifically were made fun of for natural features natural hips natural butt natural like large bust and all this stuff and then now they're fucking people they're just getting they're getting injections oh like big lips they're getting injections in their lips they're getting fucking taking fat taken from their body put in their ass and they got these fucking modified bodies that everyone's in love with now oh my god that's like the ideal body type like you want to fucking shake them and you're like how can you not see the problem that we're telling white black women every fucking day from beginning to now that their natural features are unattractive and then when you take them and put them on white people now they're attractive and you're confused on why that's a fucking issue why it's irritating why black white black women are so upset what are you what do you mean it's upsetting that's why they're upset Growing up and being hypersexualized for your bo- for your natural fucking features, both men and women, but obviously I'm just speaking from a woman's perspective because that was me. I'm still a woman, just to clarify. Anyways, being so hypersexualized, my mom told me like a few years ago. She's like, "No, I remember the first time because like you developed really early, and even prior to that, before like puberty, I still had womanly features." She's like, she specifically told me she's like, "I remember us being at the pool and you were like a." a child like three or four and that was the first time i saw like men looking at you inappropriately <clears throat> that's disgusting obviously but then the older i got obviously i also started developing early i started developing hips pretty early and a butt i always naturally have had like thicker thighs and thicker butt and then also anyone that knows me my breasts are enormous so being picked on and being and if you don't think set being over sexualized is being picked on um no when you're a young girl and all you want to do is be like a regular person and someone is all constantly constantly bringing attention to your body or a part of your body that is being bullied that is being picked on whether or not you look up from the outside and you're like oh i wish i had that no it's not fun it was not fun for me it was not fun for any of the other uh black girls I knew because for a half a second you're like enjoying the attention but then once it becomes like just so overwhelming that someone's looking at your body constantly for things that you can't control then you feel like gross and you feel like you're being like stared at and like sort of like a caricature of yourself so cut to now fucking all these Kylie Jenner looking motherfuckers I'm not mad at just her, but she's, like, the most prominent figure that I'm talking about with, like, your body did not look like that. No. No, ma'am. And I don't really care that you changed your body. It's more so that you're being celebrated for it. It's being celebrated, like, oh my god, so curvy. I knew women that (laughs) Just to be clear, no one, like, looks like that. Because they look like they were made in a lab, which they were. But as far as, like, just being curvy, like, being curvaceous and having, like, big boobs and big butt or whatever, that already exists. Black women have that all the time. But what you're saying is you don't like their blackness. 
that comes with that. You like those features, but along with blackness, you don't find it attractive. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't think, no, it's true. Because that's the only difference. Quite literally, the only difference is the skin tone. Because if you're going to say like, oh, black women, and like you like these features, but black women are like loud or ghetto, did it, all this other stuff. Well, no, no, no. Let's step back because when you'll date like a white girl that acts like that or you'll date um a, a Latino girl, a Latina. I said, oh, Latin A, I think is the new term instead of Latinx. Like it's, it has an E at the end of it to encompass all. Anyways, she's spicy, right? Oh, she's so much attitude. How How attractive. All you're saying is, the problem for you is the blackness. (laughs) Please make it make sense. It's so evident. And you have the nerve to call black women angry. Of course we're fucking angry. You make a fucking mockery of just black women's existence constantly. Throw it in their face and and want us to fucking say thank you to you. And you're confused why we're angry about you making a caricature of us liking those features but only on other people making fun of it on us because it's wrapped up in black skin versus women who aren't then it's attractive come on come on i mm, if you're not angry you're not paying attention and that's gonna be the key phrase of this whole fucking month because how are you not aware of this If you were aware, you would also be angry, but you have the privilege of not having to pay attention to it. It is a privilege to be like, oh, I didn't even know that happened. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, it does. (laughs) You know what you should do? Listen, though. Just listen. Listen to black people express themselves when it comes to these issues. Instead of being like, hey, I have an opinion on something that I've never experienced. (sighs) Nope. Not this month. Not this month. Not in this year. If I could pick but this month especially i will not be listening to any white opinions on black issues i refuse if that's fucked up okay oh well (laughs) unless you're asking me how i'm feeling or you're asking another black person how they're feeling or you're saying hey i think i should learn more not asking me to teach you more but saying you want to learn more if you're not doing any of those then i don't want to hear anything you got to say your opinion on things that you've never experienced because all it does even even in the that quote-unquote allyship if you are talking in front of black voices you are not being an ally you have to understand the common territory of not being heard especially as women in general women of color and then especially black women you have to understand the history of not being heard and then your sentiment being regurgitated by like a white man and then it being relevant You have to understand that. So when black voices are speaking, listen. Don't add your two cents. Listen. And of course you can have a discussion. But as far as speaking for a community, don't do that. You're doing what you like or saying you're trying to work against. You were trying to undo (laughs) misogyny and sexism and racism and white supremacy and all these things. But by you jumping in front of the line to speak for a group of people... You're doing the opposite. And I understand it's not with malice. Obviously, intent is very important. It's very important. But I think it's also important to 
not um we don't have to coddle allies does that make sense we a lot of people treat it as like uh oh well they're here so like we're not gonna like you know you don't like criticize them because like you want them to be here to help out absolutely not i think i speak for everyone when i say we want you here at your full capacity like at your best not here just to be like oh, i'm so happy we have like a white ally because then it just becomes you're there for your whiteness not because you actually are standing for anything that we're actually supporting i want you there understanding the intricacies of being a good ally and understanding when we need you to speak when we need you to support and when we need you to just be present because honestly most of allyship is just being present being there supporting people of color like for black lives matter white people being there fantastic wonderful again do i think allyship needs to be like commended like oh my god you do i think like it's the bare minimum to be like i'm standing up for something that's just like right yes that's the bare minimum but i think it also is okay to be like yeah i'm happy you guys are here i'm happy because we need to be up front but you behind us and you supporting us is wonderful and it's going to make something so much more impactful and a lot more like unity that's that that word has really like wore out but you know what i mean that is more important than you being super outspoken being like a fake woke liberal leftist or whatever or like a white feminist that you don't even you're not even talking about the intersectionality that comes with feminism so you can say that you're an ally but you're not a fully an ally which is okay because everyone can stand to learn we all have things to learn i'm happy you showed up what are you bringing what are you bringing to the table because i'm not celebrating you just being here it's the least you can do what are you gonna do with this power right what are you gonna do with this privilege that you has been bestowed upon you simply for simply with the color of your skin how are you going to support communities when they're in need what are you going to do how are you going to use your privilege that's what we need to have conversations about you showing up is not enough and most people i've like i said most people use it well most people are genuine allies and are there for the right reasons and are listening to people of color or like members of the lgbtq community when when they're talking about their allyship most of the time they are there genuinely they want to learn they want to be a part of change but they're listening they're not like leading the charge a lot of people stand to be taught some things when it comes to that and you have to be open to that criticism it's okay i'm not saying you're a horrible person everyone can change everyone can learn more things on how to be better But if you're there and you're mad that you're being criticized and you're like, well, at least I'm here, that ain't gonna work for me. Sorry, I'm not here for it. No more. I'm not celebrating anyone being mediocre anymore. It's the least you can do. And if you hear that beeping, there's a fucking snow truck behind my window. I'm sorry if you heard the beeping. You hear that? Mm. (laughs) Anyways, I'm all sweaty now. That got me all fired up talking about hair and representation and cultural appropriation as it pertains to black women and black 
black people in general. They got me all fired up. As it should. If you're not fired up listening to this, why are you racist? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm doing that. I'm going to do that all, all Black History Month. I'm just going to accuse people of being racist when they're not being racist. In a funny way, though. Not like a way. If you're actually offended when I say that, then you're not really my kind of people. Okay? This is my one month. Let me have this month. Just take it. Just this month. You don't have to take it all the time. But just like let me make fun of you and make make you uncomfy just for like a half a second. Okay? Thank you. I appreciate it. Did I forget anything? I don't think I forgot anything. Oh, white people and dreads. It's a no for me. That's all I have to say about that. Besides the fact that it's not for you, it don't even look right. That shit don't look right. That shit don't sit right in my spirit. Seeing white people with dreads. What are we doing? Dreadlocks? No. What are you doing? Why'd you do that? Your hair's just matted together. <laughs> You're t- you can't tell me that it looks right. It makes sense for black people because think of not the hair strands. The curls, they interlock. What your straight white hair is doing is just matting together. Just getting nice, nice, nice and tangled. Not locked, just like matted together. It, I don't, I don't know. That's all I can say about it. That's not all I can say, but that's all I need to say. I don't like it. And if you're offended by me not liking white people with dreads, I don't care. It don't look right. There are a lot of things that don't look right. Like, like black Republicans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's funny. Come on. That was funny. Black conservatives would probably really get me. But it's fine. Listen, 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 listen. That don't sit right with me neither. See? There are things that just don't add up. And it's okay. Not everything has not everything has to be for you. Just like wear different hairstyles. There's such a history with white hairstyles. Like there's so much. All you do is have representation. And you need to take from other people. Mm-mm. You talk you taking garments from everyone. Not y'all wearing like indigenous like headpieces. And thinking that that's not weird? Are you... You didn't even look. That is not a Halloween costume. Are you joking? I talk about... I love indigenous people, just to be clear. That's a... I just need... I, I think I'll do a whole episode about indigenous cultures because it's so beautiful and so wonderful. But anyway, just in this little section. That stuff is personal to a culture. Why would you ever think it's appropriate for you to wear that? And it's not... It's not even people that actually know anything about the culture. It's all just like random white people that are like, oh, I like the way that looks. Let me put that on. (gasps) No, haven't you taken enough? (laughs) I told you I'm going to be a little bit offensive. It's my month. It's my month. Let me have it. And that was in defense of indigenous people. So you can't really even put that all on me. They're saying the same thing. They don't want you wearing that shit. And if you are going to wear indigenous uh, fashion... Make sure you're buying it from indigenous stores. Half the time you're fucking buying the shit off of Amazon. No. Do your research. That's all I'm saying. Do my. If you take away anything from this from this episode, number one, 
um, don't wear dreadlocks if you're a white. I didn't mean to say a white, but that was kind of funny. Is my month? You you guys say blacks all the time. Two. Black and conservative don't make sense. Three. Do your research. That's it. Quick and to the point, and by quick I mean this is an hour, this is an hour in. <laughs> not quick at all but i had a lot of fun recording this episode oh just on my merry way just talking that shit and you're listening i appreciate you as always i love you thank you for listening and um i look forward to the other episodes of this month and i don't i don't even know what i'm gonna do so you don't even know you guys are gonna we're gonna have a great time i hope you have a great day and uh yeah catch you later bye